All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. Now, I know I say that every week about every person, but this person is actually a rock star. The reason I know is because he has a Wikipedia profile. If you have a Wikipedia profile, you are a somebody. A little bit about this person. He's a four-times Paralympic athlete. He's a two-times medalist in uh, the sport of goalball. He's also a certified personal trainer. He's done all of that or most of that um, while he's been blind. And he's also got an app that he's recently developed that uh, we'll get into get into that later, but essentially helps people who are blind or visually impaired and just people in general as well exercise better. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Tyler Merrin. Tyler, how are you? I am fantastic, Jonah. Thanks so much for having me on the show, man. No, thanks for coming on. And just for the listeners as well, both me and Tyler currently have COVID. We're socially, socially distant, so I don't think we can get further apart. Very socially distant. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where are you based, Tyler? I'm in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we, we are a few miles away from each other. I, I don't think we can get any further apart. It's, it's, no. <laughs> it's 9 a.m. Tuesday over here in Australia. What's the time over there in Indiana? Uh, we're at 7 p.m. Uh, Monday night, so you, you're you uh, on the next day for me. I'm, I'm in the future, right? Do you want me to let you yeah, know you who, are. Won, who won Monday night football? Would, would that be handy? Or Yeah, that, and that's what I was going to ask you. If you, got a, if you got any intel for me, what's the future like over there? <laughs> yeah, well, I could tell you who won the Monday night football in Australia, but I don't think that, that helped you. <laughs> um, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Exactly. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to hand it over to you from here. You've obviously got quite an interesting story. There's so many different facets from it, from you know, when you kind of lost your eyesight, from be, being a parallel Olympic athlete, I believe you still are, um, to being a certified personal trainer, to the app you've now launched. So I'm going to hand it over to you. And where's the best place to start with your story? Well, I think that it's fun to rewind the tapes all the way back to the beginning. And, um, you know, I was, I was born on a, um, a, in a small rural uh, town in southwest Michigan. I grew up in Michigan in the U.S., and uh, grew up on a farm and just was, was always super active as a kid and um, just very, very busy, right? Um, always outside climbing trees and, uh, you know, riding bikes and digging holes and all, all the things that kids do. And um, there was just, there was something a little bit different um, with me growing up that my parents noticed uh, that was different from my siblings, right? So um, I'm four years old or so, four or five years old. And my parents started to notice that, you know, when I would talk with somebody, when I'm looking at them, my eyes would kind of shift to the side a little bit. And, um, 
you know, we, we would go out at night and play ball out in the driveway or whatever. And it, as soon as it started to get a little bit dim, my vision would go very, very quickly. So that the eye condition that I have comes with a, a side effect called night blindness, where as soon as the light starts to dim, it's super hard for me to make out any, any details. Um, you know, I, I would bump into things a lot. I'd have a hard time catching a ball. And my parents are like, well, this is, this is really strange. Like, you know, this isn't like the other kids. So they, uh, they took me to a specialist and this, the specialist had kind of a, um, a dire diagnosis for them. They said the, the specialist told my parents, like, look, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but your, your son has an eye condition that is eventually going to render him completely blind. And he's going to need special care for the rest of his life. He's going to need to go to a special school. He's going to have to live in a special home. He's going to have to have somebody take care of him for, for the rest of his life. And, you know, my, my parents, again, just kind of hardworking average uh, country folk, you know, they, they didn't know what to do with this. This was like big bombshell kind of news for them. Right. Like, um, my, my dad tells me this story, like, you know, I was, I was just a kid. I don't really remember this, but my dad tells me that they're driving home from this doctor's appointment. He actually just literally had to pull off to the side of the road and just sit and just breathe for a minute. Yeah. Right. Because he's got these pictures in his head of, of his firstborn son and, uh, you know, star quarterback and starting pitcher. And now this doctor's telling him that his kid's essentially going to be an invalid. Right. I mean, what, what do you do with that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so it was, it was a, a pretty, a pretty wild ride for my parents. And one of the things that I really appreciate about them, um, you know, is that they, they didn't let the, the fear of that situation, kind of the, that unknown, put me in a, in a, in a bubble, right. They didn't, we, we got back and they said, you know what, he's, he's has some of these struggles. We can see that his vision's going to get worse, but for now he's okay. Mm. And we have a lot of chores to do on the farm. There's nothing wrong with his back. (laughs) (laughs) We can, we can get, we can get him to do some chores and we just kind of figured it out. So it started this journey in my life of like, okay, yeah, this is hard for me because of, of my vision. However, um, there's a way we can figure this out. You know, so when we would go out and play baseball, you know, I would get the big Nerf bat and the beach ball instead of the regular baseball and bat, you know, and yeah, yeah, exactly. We just, we just started figuring things out. We started, um, you know, not, you started asking the question, you don't ask the question, can you, you ask the question, how can you, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what we started sorting through. So, you know, you go forward a few years in my life and, and I'm in my early teenage years. And again, just always loved being active, handling a ball, playing basketball was one of my favorites because the basketball was pretty big. So mm-hmm. I had an easier time seeing it, but I'm in my, my mid teen years and my vision's getting worse and worse. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to get services now uh, for people who are blind, I'm learning how to use a cane and rebraille and things like that. Gotcha. And uh, I'm starting to go through this, uh, this kind of period of like, man, I'm losing these sports, right? I'm losing my, um, 
my my contact with all the things that I love to do because I can't see the basketball anymore. Yeah. I I was uh, I was at a basketball practice once. I actually made the my school basketball team, and uh, there was one particular practice where Wait, well, hold on, uh, hold on. When, when you were you'd lost most of your vision. Yeah, yeah. As it's <laughs> weird, right? So uh, let let me clarify this. So like the vision that I had. Um, my eye condition, which is called retinitis pigmentosa, it, it's, it renders my vision to be a tunnel. So it's, it's called tunnel vision. So gotcha. within, imagine like looking at life through a straw. Okay. Yeah. So like what you can see in that little straw, uh, you know, I could see pretty clearly for the most part, gotcha. but now imagine trying to play a game of basketball, looking at life through that straw, yeah. right? Like, very, very, very tricky. A lot of, a lot of things just kind of flashing across that little spot of vision. So I, I adapted so well to it and kind of made up for the difference with, with my athleticism. Um, but I just reached a point where it just got too difficult. There was one practice where I, somebody went to pass me a ball multiple times and I didn't see it coming and it hit me in the face a few times. And, You know, I, I went to try to make a shot and, and couldn't see the basketball hoop. I'm looking around for it and I'm like, oh man, this is a problem, <laughs> you know? And um, so I, I reached this point in my life where I'm like, man, I just, you know, I can't do these things anymore. Well, that's when I, I got introduced to adaptive sports. Um, there was a, a sports education camp at Western Michigan University and it was put on by the blindness, uh, blind rehab development program uh, at, at the university. And so essentially what they did is every year they brought in, you know, 40, 50 kids who were visually impaired from across the state, across several states, and taught them how to adapt to these sports, right? So if you're blind and you want to be a wrestler, here's how you can adapt that. If you're blind and you want to do swimming, if you want to do track and field uh, judo, um, tandem cycling, wall climbing, whatever it is, here's how you adapt it. That's sick. Well, one of the, sorry, what's that? Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh yeah. It's yes. so w- one of the sports that they did, um, was goal ball. And yes. so as a, as a, um, a athlete who loved playing a ball sport, goal ball was something that I took to very quickly and, and just you know, for, for the, the sake of knowledge, goalball is, is such a unique sport, definitely something that you should look up when you, when you get an opportunity, cause I'll explain it, but it's, it's kind of hard to follow if you don't see a video of it. Um, goalball is a sport that was invented actually over 75 years ago it was invented in Germany after world war two to give blinded war veterans a form of recreation, right? So they kind of grew and developed the sport into a big international competition and um, it's it's played three on three, uh, three athletes on each side of a volleyball sized court, and you're all blindfolded, right? So there's no vision used, and the ball, which is uh, it's it's about the size of a basketball, but it's heavier, weighs about three pounds, and it has bells inside. Ooh. So as you throw it back and forth and try to get it past the other players into their net, you, they use the sound of the bells to, like a soccer goalie, put themselves in front of it and 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 block the ball from going into their net and uh so i i started playing this game when i was about 15 years old thinking like oh man i 
how am I going to play sports when I'm blind? I'm introduced to this camp and it's like, yeah, you can do all these sports, including this one that's made just for you. And I was like, wow, this is great. And yeah, a short two years later, I'm competing for the USA goalball team and traveling all over the world, competing in this in this sport at the age of 17, just turning 18 years old. So it was, it was a pretty wild ride from, from start to finish, um, from, uh, from start to that point. That's crazy. Hey, I want to go deeper into that Tyler and he, the next part of the story, because I believe you've, you've made the Olympics, which is amazing multiple times. Um, yeah. Just before we jump into that though, I do have a question. Don't know if you can answer this. Like I feel throughout that whole story, it sounds so positive. You're like, great. It was never, can I do it? It's, you know, it's how can I do it? And, and we always figured a way. Is that what you're like looking back now? Or was it hard at the time? Or have you always had that positive attitude? What, what can you kind of tell us there? I, I think it's a little bit of both, right? So I think I could look back at the story and and highlight the positive things, but it wasn't always easy. It, mm. it, it rarely is, right? Yeah. So when you talk about um, personal training, right? When you talk about fitness, rarely is it easy, yeah. right? Uh, making the decision to do the work, to do what needs to be done, to get the outcome that you're looking for. It's never a, uh, an easy process. It's not always complicated. It can be simple, but rarely is it easy. And And I think there were times when I did get really frustrated (laughs) and I still do Um, as as successful as I am. um, It's, it's a normal part of the human condition to sit back and say, man, this sucks, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But what I tell people, you know, when I do, uh, you know, motivational speaking, when I do presentations, I tell them like, that's okay to feel that, but you can't stay there. Yeah. You can't let that make the decision for you. You know, uh, you, you take those weights that you have and everybody has them. Everybody has some challenges. Everybody has something. Um, you wear that around your neck and, and it drags you down. You decide to take it off and drop it every once in a while. You can use that as a stepping stone up to the next big thing in your life. You know, so it, it does come down to a decision, not an easy one, but yeah, man, we, there, there were times that definitely don't let me paint the wrong picture for you. There were times. Um, yes. No, but generally that. Yeah, it was pretty positive. Well, I think it's a good way to look at it. It's kind of like, man, it would be weird. Like for anyone, whether you're, you've got your vision, you're blind, whatever the, the condition is like, man, everyone has hard times. Like it's almost weird if you don't, you know, something's almost yeah. wrong if, if you don't have that. Right. But yeah, as you hear it, absolutely. Head, nothing wrong with feeling like that. The problem is if you stay there, it's like, right, I'm feeling down. Yep. Let me acknowledge yep. it. This is totally normal. Great. You know, what can I do to, to get over that? Not, I actually heard someone speaking a little bit about it the other day. Do you know who, um, I think his name is Pete, Pete Davidson, the comedian. And he's da- he dates like Kim it, Kardashian. And, it sounds and, familiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he was on Saturday Night Live. And I think he's, he's a comedian. He's dated all these really attractive women. I think Kim Kardashian and Ariana Grande and all these celebrities. Um, and he's got depression and he was kind of like, Hey, I know I got it. You know, he's like, I wake up every morning. I know that I'm going to be depressed, but I also know what to do to get me out of that. So it's just like a system, Mm -hmm. you know, I wake up and I know I, whatever, I go for a walk, I exercise, I, you know, have my coffee and I know as long as I do these things, great, I'm I'm in a better position. So I I love that. Uh, but I want to move on Tyler to, to your experiences as a Olympic athlete. 
So how did that kind of happen? You started playing goalball, you made it to the US team, and then how did it kind of work from there? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, I would love to say that, like, you know, I got into this sport and I had this big grand vision and I set this big goal and I just charged towards the finish line and, and, uh, you know, busted through it. And, but really, (laughs) it's kind of a funny, like, serendipitous story in a sense. Like, you know, I'm, I'm growing up in this kind of, you know, rural farm area, this visually impaired kid loved to be active. And I, I'm introduced to sports and I'm introduced to this sport, goalball in particular. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And, you know, I, I played my very first game. They're like, here's what you do. Here's some pads here, you know, throw the ball to that end and you try to block it from going in this end. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I got done with my first game. And actually one of the guys that I still play ball with he played with me in my very first game he had been uh playing for a little bit uh before me but he he came over to me and said is this the first time you've ever played I was like yeah they just they just showed me how to do it and it's a lot of fun I like it and he said well you're really good at it and I think they're going to want you to play on our youth team and we're going to go to junior nationals and compete all, all the way in Florida and I was like, oh, you guys go all the way to Florida to play this game? That's crazy. Have you traveled much it, before that? I really hadn't. Yeah. You know, up to this point, I had not. So I'm, you know, again, 15 years old-ish, 14, 15 years old, really hadn't left Southwest Michigan. I mean, my family had taken a trip or two here or there, but traveling wasn't our thing. Yeah. And so that started it. And so I, I joined that team. I went to Florida and competed there. And then... I had a couple of uh, adult players who, you know, were watching the tournaments and they said, Hey, you're pretty good at this. You want to come play on our club team? I was like, that's cool. Um, what did we do there? And like, well, we go to um, all kinds of different States and compete. We go to Colorado and New Jersey and, and all, all these places we go up into Canada and we compete there. And I was like, wow, you guys do all that. That's crazy. So, you know, I joined that team and I started training and competing with them and they were good. They were again, fortunate, serendipitous a little bit that I had a couple of Paralympic athletes right there in, in that area with me in Michigan. And so I start training and competing with them. And then I, you know, I'm getting approached by the coaches from the USA team and they're like, Hey, you're pretty good at this. You want to come and try out for the USA team? And I was like, you guys have a USA team for this thing. <laughs> you know, like, I just, it sounds so silly, right? Like I was so ignorant of it. I was just like, man, I'm just so glad I have a sport to play. This is so cool. And, you know, so again, it was just a short two years later that I'm, I'm flying out to the Colorado Springs uh, to the Olympic training center with my dad and trying out for the USA team there. And I make that team and, uh, 2004. So let's see, I started my very first game was in May of 1999, May of 2001. I went to my first international tournament with the USA team was the Pan American games, um, and hit several international tournaments following that. And then uh, 2004, 
uh, Athens, Greece was my first Paralympics. Wow. And so five years uh, after starting playing goalball, I, I got to go to the Paralympics in Athens, Greece, um, my very first one. And you've done it for, do I read right, four, Olympic, four Paralympics you've been to? Four Paralympic Games, yeah. So Athens was my, my very first one. I was uh, 20 years old and then uh, went to Beijing in 2008 um rio in 2016 and then actually just did uh tokyo um last year so uh, that was my fourth games was the tokyo 2020 games yeah you're gonna do a fifth <laughs> isn't that the question <laughs> <laughs> i would love to i um right now i i am on the team i'm committed to uh we have our world championships this fall in portugal um i'm committed up through that point it's just uh we'll have to see it it takes a toll on the body as as any yeah. elite athlete listening to this knows any elite trainer like athletics sports fitness it's great for your body until you get to the elite levels the elite yeah. of almost anything is not good for you so yeah. we'll have to see well um Tyler, i want to move on to your experience as a personal trainer just before we do one question i, I read in your bio i don't think you've won a gold who who wins it because over here in australia i feel america wins all the 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 sports you know who, who's winning yeah. all these times if it's not America? Uh, oh, man. Goalball is, uh, in, in our sport on the men's side, uh, there are several very, very good teams. Uh, 2020 was Brazil. Uh, 2016 was Lithuania. Uh, 2012 was Finland. 2008 was China. There are several good, good, good teams um, that are, are out there and competitive. So lots of countries that compete in our, in our sport, but... Uh, we're definitely up there. We, you know, I, I've got a bronze and a silver. I've got one more to try to collect. So to, <laughs> not, to not... kind of hint at your earlier question, there may be a fifth one in my, <laughs> no, so in my gonna, future. I was going to say in, in like basketball, it's like if America don't win the gold, something's wrong, you know, some player stuff. It's up weird. Or, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So no. I <laughs> very proud to, to represent some of those, some of those other amazing athletes and kind of be, be equated with them. But yeah, it's um, it's just it's just an honor to be able to do something like that. Whatever country you're competing for, you know, obviously I, I'm I'm proud to be uh, an American and and uh, love competing for them. Awesome. All right, let's move on to your uh, your role as a personal trainer, Tyler. Let us know, I guess, when did that start? Um, what was it like getting into it? What's it like um, being a blind personal trainer? I guess. Yeah. So. Really, as as most um, of those listening to this might be able to attest to, deciding to become a personal trainer really spun out of my love for fitness, yep. right? So here I am, again, doing all of this fun travel competition, being an athlete, and I started to think, man, this is this is really fun. I wonder what I need to do to be the best athlete I can be right? How do I become bigger, stronger, faster? What do I do for that? And so I started researching that and talking with people and talking with coaches and, and, uh, you know, I started getting much, much better at being an athlete. And then I had other athletes come to me and saying, Hey, you're doing really well. How do I get to be that good? And so I would start to teach them and, and, you know, the things that I've learned. And I realized like, you know what, I really like this. I really like uh, teaching people, especially fitness. I, I've kind of got the heart of a teacher and 
you, you know, most and all, all your trainers out there will be able to attest to this too. Like, you know, to lift weights and to get big and, and strong does not make you a trainer, right? Like you have to, you have to know what you're doing, but you have to be able to teach what you're doing too. And so I found that like, Hey, I I enjoy this. I'm pretty knowledgeable. I'm good at teaching people. So I, uh, I decided to go make a career out of it. I went to Western Michigan university. I got my bachelor's degree in exercise science, um, got nationally certified in strength and conditioning, um, became a personal trainer at a kind of a box gym setup. So, um, I was a master personal trainer for 24 hour fitness for about six years. Um, worked as a trainer prior to that, a couple of internships and things like that while I was working on my degree. And um, I just, again, found that I really, really enjoyed it. Now, the, the process of getting there <laughs> was, was a little wild for me because, yeah. you know, again, you think about like learning anatomy and physiology, um, yeah. learning yeah. biomechanics and charts and things like that when you when you can't see those pictures i spent a lot of time in professors office hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, asking questions you know and and checking out like uh, models of skeletons and and muscles and attachments origins insertions and things like that um and so it was just it was in uphill battle uh pretty much the whole time yeah um and worth every minute of it it yeah. was so much fun. It just, it, I enjoyed it so thoroughly um, learning how my own body worked and how to, how to make it better. And then teaching others how to do the same was just so, so fascinating to me. Um, and then getting into the actual field itself, you know, there was a lot of questions, a lot of people who were like, um, are you going to be able to do this? Is this going to be a, uh, you know, are people going to want to train with you as, as a blind trainer, right? Like how many people you think would have uh, a little bit of trepidation about that? Um, and, and it just, it was the same approach that I've always taken. It was that same approach of like, I'm not going to ask, can I, I'm going to ask, how can I? Yeah. You know, and, and my, um, my knowledge, my presence, um, a few things that I would do to kind of tweak the way somebody would normally train, right? So a little bit more physical contact. So if I'm teaching somebody how to do a proper squat, right? So one hand on their lower back and one hand on the outer side of one knee is going to tell me a lot about how their body is moving, right? How their hips are moving, how their knees are lined up, um, talking them through each, each step of it, you know, retracting your shoulder blades back and then you touch your fingers to the the spot between their shoulder blades and they automatically react. And that's a, that's a pull, pull the shoulders back there. Right. And, um, you know, and just, and just being professional about it. And, you know, I would always ask permission. I'd, I'd meet a client for the first time and say, Hey, you know what, I, um, do I have permission to, you know, to, to touch you on you know, your shoulder or your leg or, or whatever, so that I can adjust your, your position the year, the 10 years that I've been a trainer never had an issue with it, not yeah. a single issue. Um, yes. so yeah, it's been it, it, such a fantastic experience. So much fun for me. Well, I'll tell you a couple things, right? I would love to, I mean, I don't, I, I now am more on the education side of things, so I don't uh, train people anymore, but there's a couple things like here and that I'm like, man, I feel like, um, there's almost some, I mean, I don't want to use the, the word advantage, but I feel you've got some some kind of learning systems now that people that have their vision could benefit from. 
Because it's kind of like to learn, like you said, anatomy and I'm thinking anatomy specifically. I'm like, man, to learn that without a chart, mm-hmm. Tyler must have some some pretty good learning systems in his mind that even though I do have my vision, I could probably learn some of those systems, right? And then yeah. and then same thing with training people. The, the closest thing I've had to experiencing that, and it's worlds apart. I'm not trying to say it's anywhere near the same, but um, just to kind of put it in perspective a little bit, I went to Thailand once to do like a a kickboxing camp, right? And the instructors over there couldn't really speak English well. So the way they teach us how to do things was so physical, you know, and not just demonstrating, Mm. like they they demonstrate, but they'd also like grab your foot and then turn it in a specific way. Mm -hmm. It was was like the audio was gone, right? And and I'm quite an audio person. When I talk to people, I, you know, I like to, to, I like to, um, talk through it and, and explain via talking, but that's only one way to learn, right? And not everyone learns that way, right? So it was, mm-hmm. and, yep. and after that experience in Thailand, coming back to, to Australia, it gave me another tool in my arsenal to be like, all right, hold on. If I'm, you know, explaining to this person verbally and it, it, it's, it's not working, here's another tool. Here's how I can explain it, um, you know, kinesthetically. And I feel like you've got an even better tool. It's kind of like, man, take the the vision away. And if you can explain that thing, you really know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and I absolutely jive with what you're saying. And, And what I would try to do is make sure that I had multiple layers of instruction. Yeah. Um, put into place, you know, so I'm demonstrating myself. Okay, here, we're going to do a squat. Let me show you what it looks like. Let me explain to you what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And then I'm going to have you do it. But while you're doing it, I'm going to kind of maintain a little bit of physical contact and, and make sure that your, your positioning is correct as you're doing it. And I'm kind of moving around them, talking to them while they're doing it, reminding them, giving them those cues. So it's like a constant flow of verbal and physical feedback while they're doing it and then i just i just found it to be really really effective for the the majority of people and then as i grew comfortable with the client and knew their tendencies i would be able to kind of step back a little bit you know i've been working with this person for uh you know two months or two years you know and and i know their tendencies i know that they're doing this exercise correctly and check them every once in a while just to be sure but um yeah it really did become a very effective way of training and (laughs) i remember this is kind of a silly side note um I remember one lady at the fitness center who actually was not a client of mine, interestingly enough, but she, she would come up to me sometimes and say, you know what, if I was ever going to get a personal trainer, I would pick you as my trainer. And I was like, Oh really? Why is that? And she said, well, because you're blind, you can't really see how out of shape I am. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of laugh about it because I'm thinking, Oh man, you know what? My, my hands would find out pretty quickly. So, (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, you know, it's funny, like, again, the way that people would react to it was just very interesting to me, you know, um, but I, I would, uh, my confidence, my presence, uh, my knowledge would, would sway people pretty quickly. And uh, I just never had an issue with it. In fact, felt like I had very good success with it for the most part. 100%. Well, I, th- I think there's a few things there. I think there's so many elements to, um, to being a good personal trainer. Right, and as you've proven, as you've proven, you can be a really good and successful personal trainer 
without the vision. So that's just, you know, that's just one thing of it. There's so many other elements there. The other thing I was going to suggest, which would be like, this is for, for the listeners, which I think could be a good experience to test your knowledge there is, is kind of do it without some uh, taking away some of those um, senses, you know, where it's like, right, you know, show someone how to do a squat, but do it, um, pretend they're blind. And then how would you teach it? All right. Hey, pretend yeah. they're, they're, they're deaf or their hearing is bad. Now, how would you teach it without using it verbally? You know, hey, now let's say, you know, you're, you're in a wheelchair, so you can't demonstrate it. How would you explain it to them? And I think if you can use, if you can do all three of those as a trainer, you've just got so much tools where if someone walks in, you know, you, you can help them there. So I think that's, that's yep. great. Super inspiring. Um, I'd like to pivot a little bit, Tyler, because most people listening to this probably won't be blind, right? So it's like, okay, great. There's some some really cool <laughs> tips, Tyler. I can, I can get some sure. stuff out of that. <laughs> um, but what would you say, like, they may have some blind clients though. You know, a, a client walks into the gym or not even a, it might even be a, a gym member, doesn't need to necessarily be a client. Uh, any tips on what that trainer could do? So let's say a gym member walks in and, you know, they, they're going to train and, and they're blind or visually impaired. Maybe they want a personal trainer as well. What kind of, and I know every person's different. There's, there's so many um, variables there, but what are maybe some general tips you could give that trainer to, you know, A, make the person feel comfortable and also just things that that trainer should be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I can definitely give, and I'll, and I'll give some kind of specifics around uh, visually impaired, but I can also, I think, just step back even a little bit further and just say, you know, a person with uh, a disability in general, and, and, you know, one of the things that's really important uh, is, again, thinking about that, that rephrasing of the question, you, you know, don't ask, can they mm. ask, how can they? Love and it. so when you, when you look at a, a potential client, a gym member comes in, they, they have a visual impairment or some other disability, you're a trainer at this gym and you want to help that person. You, the, the first thing you need to, to recognize is, um, you want to start with that end in mind. Like, I want this person to be better. I want them to be stronger, faster. Like, that's why we become trainers, right? Like, the, the passion for helping somebody improve their life through health and fitness is really the reason that we become personal trainers. This doesn't change when you're working with somebody with a disability, yeah. right? They're, they are a person too. They're a person who wants a good quality of life and you have the tools and the knowledge to give that to them. Now, you, you may have to go about things a little bit of a different way, but if you start with that in mind and you start with that basic human respect and, and uh, compassion in mind, then you're starting at a really, really good place. You know, so somebody comes to your gym, they're visually impaired and, and you walk up to them, you know, here's, here's a couple of basics, right? Introduce yourself. And, and typically when you're talking with somebody who's visually impaired, it's always nice. Even if you've talked to them multiple times, it's always nice to say your name, you know, um, Hey, Jono, it's Tyler, uh, just so you know who I am and, uh, you know, how you doing today, whatever, just like you always use your name so that they can, they can, recognize who whose voice it is that they're talking to right and you know when when you're dealing with somebody with a disability and you want to help them the the best way to find out is just ask them right hey i saw you're coming into the gym would love to help you out is there anything that i can do to uh, help make you more comfortable show you around anything like that 
And then you you wait for their response. You know, their response might be, you know what? I'm totally set. I really appreciate it. I'm just kind of exploring. I want to see what it's like. Um, I'm just going to wander around. Okay, cool. You kind of give them that space. You respect that. Maybe you check in with them every once in a while, make sure they're good. Or maybe they'll say, you know what? That would be fantastic. If you could show me around, show me where the equipment is, how the gym's laid out, that would be awesome. You kind of let them dictate um, you know, what help they would like to have. Um, because as you mentioned, everybody's kind of at a different level. Um, I, I'm a pretty skilled uh, blind person, right? I travel a lot. I, I, you know, own a business. I do all kinds of different things. I'm pretty skilled at, at life. And so, you know, I don't necessarily need somebody to hold my hand in a new place and show me where every little thing is, right? So I'm going to say, you know what, just give me a description of the layout and I think I'm good. Other people might need a little more or less. So, you know, starting off there, asking them what they need is, is, is definitely a, um, a good starting point. Gotcha. Awesome. couple questions with that, because I've got no um, idea what it would be like for, to be visually impaired or blind. Let's say you walk into the gym, you'd have like, even just that layout, would you, would you say to someone, Hey, just, you know, let me know the layout. Where's the free weights. Where's the barbells, where's the lat pull down, whatever. And then you would just kind of remember it and you'd be able to go again and, and find them. Is, is that how it works in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. You start to, um, it, it takes a few runs, right? But yeah. you start to kind of mentally map how things are laid out and, and where things are. So the fitness center is, it's a, it's a different kind of monster than most other places that you can travel through, right? Because, um, there are things like, like I call them hot spots. You know, I like to know where the hot spots are in the gym. And what a hot spot is, is it's that whatever place that is in your gym where you're going to find people laying on the floor and, yeah. and dropping medicine balls and dumbbells. And it's, it's a, it's a chaotic mess, right? Yeah. Like wherever that might be, you need to know where that spot is. Um, Cause if I'm walking through there, I don't need to be stepping on people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, hey, where's your, you know, the, the cardio section? Typically, most gyms are laid out pretty similar. They get all their cardio equipment lined up in one nice, neat area, right? And yeah. so you figure that out and you can kind of count the number of machines to figure out which one is the one you want. You know, I know there's seven treadmills and then five ellipticals in this row. So yeah. if I go go to machine number eight, then I know I'm, I'm at an elliptical and... Um, so yeah, there's definitely some different things like you get a, get a general layout of the gym. Um, but then, you know, it might take a few runs, runs to figure out, you know, okay, as I'm walking on the tile and then it transitions to carpet underneath my feet, I know I'm now in the cardio section. I'm not in the, uh, the walkway anymore, you know, things like that. Uh, every place is a little different, but those are the types of things as a trainer, you can really try to help. Uh, a person with a visual impairment, or again, just any disability, yeah. talking to them and saying, you know, hey, what can I do to help make this easier for you? You know, what are you looking for? How can I make this uh, accessible for you? Awesome. Now, Tyler, this app that you've put together, let us know. What's it about? Um, yeah, yeah, let us know. Let us know about the app. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? 
And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Yeah, so real quick story, and then uh, and I'll share kind of what this app is. So, um, as I explained, like my my fight to become a personal trainer, um, there was nobody like standing in my way. It was just becoming that was an uphill fight, right? Like trying to learn all this stuff and accumulate this knowledge and learn exercises and movements and and anatomy and physiology and all that. And so I knew for a very, very long time that being visually impaired and being fit, being an athlete, um, there's a gap there. Yeah, It's much more challenging for somebody who is blind and visually impaired to um, be a good athlete, to be a trainer, to learn and know about fitness. And um, this, my my wife, who is also blind, um, my wife and I have been married 20 years and uh, we have four kids. She's she's also blind. Um, She is very well connected on social media. She's on Facebook groups and things like that. And she would, she would tell me often like, Hey, I was talking with so-and-so on this group, you know, this blind person's community group or whatever. And uh, they want to know about fitness. You really should get on there and, and start teaching people how to do this stuff. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working at the gym one day. I'm waiting for one of my clients to come in. I'm standing at the front desk and um, I heard somebody approaching the front desk and I heard this kind of tap tap of a, of a cane, right? So somebody who is blind tapping their cane and making their way to the front desk. Well, there's, you know, three or four people who are blind at the gym. So I knew it must've been one of these couple of people. I struck up a conversation with this person and it was a young mother. Uh, she had been coming to the gym for about three months and um, she'd been coming in pretty regularly, uh, three times a week. Um, when she first came in, somebody showed her where the treadmills were, showed her how to use it. And that's all she really wanted to do was use the treadmill. Well, so I'm talking to her and, and she sounds kind of down on this day. And I was like, so what's going on? Why, why do you sound so down? And she said, well, and tell me if you haven't heard this story before. She said, well, I've been coming in for a while and everything was great to start with. I was losing weight and now I'm stuck. yep yep i know this story you know (laughs) it's very very common so i'm talking to her i'm like okay so you know i know that you use the treadmill do you do any of the other exercises do you have any other routines that you do lift weights or anything no i don't really know how to do any of that stuff i was like okay well i'm a personal trainer let me show you kind of some of our plans and maybe i can set up a routine for you no big deal well you know as as a lot of trainers are listening here have experienced i'm sure like she she couldn't afford the rates that were set by the gym i i didn't control those rates nothing i could do about it and she walked away disappointed right now the problem was though that of all the other people that i worked with or or didn't end up working with right all the other people who said you know what i'm gonna have to try it on my own i knew that they could go into the weight room they could look around and like okay that person's lifting like that I'll, i'm gonna try that they could sit down on the machine and look at the picture and okay here's where i put my arms and legs and here's what i do they yeah. could pull up a youtube video jump into a classroom this this person she couldn't do any of that stuff yeah. she you know was she was just stuck like yeah. even pulling up youtube videos like how many youtube videos 
do you do you know that you've looked at as like, hey, I'm I'm so and so. I'm going to teach you how to do this exercise today, and all you got to do is this, and they kind of just yeah. move like watch this. Me do you know? Just watch me. Do yeah, it. exactly. You watch do me it. do it. <laughs> and so I was like, man, this is just not cool. Yeah. This is not cool that this this person has so little chance of finding the success that all these other people have opportunities to find. And so that was really what kicked it off. I said, I got to do something about this. And so I started putting together plans and talking with people and writing down ideas and, you know, how am I, how would I do this? How would I create a digital program to make this happen? Um, and about three and a half years of work that went into this um, app that I launched about three months ago, uh, the app is called Revision Fitness, and it's a totally audio-based fitness app. Um, where there's actually a designated section, an entire classroom section of the app, specifically to teach how to do exercises correctly. So at the launch of the program, there's about 150 different exercises um, in there. All of it is just body weight for the moment. And um, just very meticulous, (coughs) well-described. One more. So I have this this section, um, this uh, classroom section designated for all of these exercises where there's very meticulously described details, right? Of of if you were blindfolded and I said, okay, you're going to do this exercise, the way that it's written out should give you all the details you need of how to start, how to actually perform the exercise, how to position your body. I use uh, clock face directions, um, other reference points like... Hey, for good posture, put your, you know, put your back up against the wall and here's the contact points that you should have. Um, and then all of that builds into audio workouts that are all um, queued up and, and again, totally audio based. Um, there's a couple of fitness plans in there, all of it designed to give instruction to people who are blind and visually impaired on how to do fitness correctly um, without them ever having to be able to see a thing. So it is, it is a massive project. Um, my goal is to have pretty much anything and everything fitness related essentially be built into this app, right? So eventually I want to teach how to do, um, you know, resistance band training, kickboxing, uh, suspension training, uh, medicine ball work, weightlifting machines, uh, you know, you name it. I want to put it in this app and teach people who are blind and visually impaired how to, how to do that stuff correctly. Love that. Oh, oh, and so we'll give it a plug as well. The It's on, so it's a revision fitness app. I believe the website is revisionfitnessapp.com. And I believe it's on iTunes, Google play. People could just type in revision fitness. Is that right? Yep. That's correct. And that'll pull it up. Um, there's a, it is a su- subscription app, but you get a two week free trial just to check it out and see what you think. Um, and then the subscription is, is very, very, very reasonable. Um, you know, it's just a, a business model that I put together to keep keep it up and running and and adding new material. Um, but it's it's super reasonable because my whole mission was this with this was to make it accessible for people, right? Um, you know, people who are blind and visually impaired, but honestly, anybody who wants to check it out. You know, if you're a trainer and you're working with somebody who's blind and visually impaired, or you have a family member, you know somebody, this is something that could really help them, and it could also help you. Um, as you look through these and, oh, that's a great way to describe that exercise. That makes a lot of sense. That would, you know, elicit the correct movements. 
Um, so I, I just, I think it's a great resource to start helping people, um, who are blind connect with fitness and, uh, it's, it's a major undertaking, but it's something I'm, I'm so excited about. hundred percent. My take on that. So I think if you're listening to this and obviously you've got any clients that are blind or visually impaired, let them know about the app. Um, even not necessarily clients as Tyler mentioned, you know, if you've got any friends or family members, let them know about the app that might be what they need to go and get exercise. Um, even <clears throat> you mentioned for yourself as well, you know, you, you might like you as the trainer, you may, um, get to know how to explain an exercise better yourself because it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of what we mentioned earlier It's taking away a sense. Great. Here's the, a way to explain it for someone that can't see anything. It's probably a pretty good explanation. And I want to touch on that as well. I, I've just recently started BJJ Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And oh, yeah. it's great. I love it. But the, the trainers are so, or the instructors are so um, kinesthetic where they're like, right, so watch me do this move. You know, I put my hand mm -hmm. here and then I put my foot here and then watch what I do here. And like for you, Tyler, you probably got no idea what just happened then, right? Yeah. With, with right, the explanation. Right. And look, not their yep. fault. I get it. You know, they're, they're, it's kind of how they learned and, and whatever it is. Um, and there's no obviously blind people in the class. But even for someone like me, I just feel I would understand the movement a bit better if you had instead of saying I put my hand here and then I put my foot here. If you say, you know, you'll be able to explain it way better than me. But you know, I put my hand on the inside of their elbow and you know I wrap it around the, the actual elbow and then I get my left yep. leg and I put it just outside of that person's hip. See how my foot is just yep. if it was explained. Any, I mean. Um, there's different explanations for different reasons or whatever it may be. But uh, if we, if, if you have your full vision, you may be, as a trainer, you may be guilty of that, you know, watch me put my hand here and my foot here. But if you get Tyler's app, you'll hear a, a different way of explaining it. So I recommend even yeah. if, you know, you're not blind, you don't have any blind clients, you don't have any blind friends, you're probably going to be a better trainer if you have this app. Even if you, you subscribe for a couple months or whatever and, you know, learn a few new things, it, it's still probably worth it. Let's take a quick break. Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! I think so. And, and as you, as you said before, just expanding your repertoire, you know, expanding your understanding. And it's so, it's so funny that you mentioned Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because there are a lot of blind people who do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu there we go. Um, because they're, because of the contact point, right? Like you, you're oh, maintaining yeah. a lot of contact. It's a grappling sport. So very, very accessible. Once you have an instructor who can step in and, and explain those movements and, and work with somebody and, and teach them that, right? Like once they have that knowledge, it's a very accessible sport. Mm. Um, so very, very good point to bring up, right? You know, it, it does take a little extra layer of, of um, concentration and, and effort to add in this, this um, the, the, the verbals, right. Instead of saying, just move here and do this <laughs> saying like, yeah. And, and putting the actual words in there, it does take extra effort. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I think your, your instruction becomes so much richer and 
it's like anything, the more you practice it, the more uh, fluid you become with it. And, and it just, I think it makes it makes for a better instructor overall. Yeah. Agree. Well, hey, Tyler, we're, we're running out of time here. Just before I leave you to it, someone's listening to this and they're like, all right, you know, this guy's awesome. He's inspiring. I, I want to follow him. Uh, maybe they don't want to, to, to get the app, but they just want to follow you and, and your journey. Where's the best place to follow you? You're active on social. Where can we follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm active on social media, uh, Facebook, especially. You can find me at Tyler Marin. It's uh, T-Y-L-E-R. M-E-R-R-E-N. Um, I have a Facebook page, Tyler Marin Speaks. I post there quite a bit. Um, I'm on Twitter at Revision Tyler. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I love to post on there updates on the app and just motivational content. Um, I post about my competitions. Uh, while I was in Tokyo, I did uh, a lot of vlogs um, showing the you know, the village and our, our ups and downs of the competition. So I, I like to take people on those journeys with me. Um, so definitely give me a follow. Um, I do a lot of motivational speaking presentations. So if you have a uh, need for a public speaker, definitely can reach out to me, tylermarin at gmail.com. And uh, I, I love to share my story and I love to inspire people to, um, you know, seek, seek better for themselves. Um, like I said, everybody's got a challenge. Everybody's got something. It's what you choose to do with it. That that's the real difference. That's the play to make. Um, and, and I just, I enjoy doing this kind of stuff. So reach out to me and I'm happy to connect. Awesome. And I'll put all those links down in the show notes. Uh, Tyler, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today. Was there anything I should have asked you, but forgot to, or anything you want to finish us off with? No, I think this was great, Jono. Um, you know, I, I know that your listeners aren't necessarily super versed with um, the world of disabilities or, or being blind and visually impaired. So um, hopefully this was a good intro for them. And I gave them some some new ideas some things to to think about, because, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there with disabilities who want to be as successful as you are listening to this podcast right now. You know, they want to be teachers. They want to be fit and, and have families and businesses. And, you know, you, um, you may be that person's only contact to somebody who says, you know what? I, I heard a podcast one time with this guy who has had a disability and he did all this really cool stuff. I think you're really capable of doing this too. You know, you need to pick yourself up and let's make something happen. So I, I just, I really appreciate the chance to jump on your show and, and share a few things. And I think this was great. No, thank you. You're a super inspirational person. It was great to have you on. There's just a couple of things I want to add, actually. One thing you mentioned earlier on, uh, and I didn't, I didn't um, highlight it, just the term adaptive sports over here in Australia. I'm finding that's a, a fairly new thing. I didn't, I didn't, know what that once you hear it you obviously kind of know what it means but i wouldn't have known the term to actually google it you know a couple of years ago so if there's anyone else listening, oh, yeah yeah if there's anyone if there's anyone listening to that and you're like me a couple of years ago that's kind of um adaptive sports or even just adaptive exercise you know if you want to find a um a gym that that caters to you know for lack of a better word disabled people the the term used in that kind of thing is an adaptive gym or adaptive training or adaptive exercise or, or adaptive sports. So I think that's something to, to note. And then the other thing I was going to say, so uh, just a quick question on goalball. 
um, is it specifically for blind and visually impaired people? Or if you're, if you're full vision, you can put the blindfold on and play? And then follow-up question to that, if you are blind, do you still use the blindfold? Oh, good questions. Okay, yeah. So, you know, goalball is a sport that was created for the blind, um, you know, created for blind athletes. Um, So international, like like at the highest level, competing um, at like the Paralympics, World Championships. Yeah, you do have to be visually impaired to play at those levels. However, um, most places, you know, you're talking like in the U.S. and Canada, and um, I'm not sure the domestic rules in Australia. um, I have a few connections there. I could definitely find out. But most countries have a, a... an open door policy when it comes to athletes with vision wanting to compete. Um, even to the point where we've had a few universities create like intramural goalball programs with just all sighted athletes, because ultimately when they come in, you put on a blindfold, you're, you know, it's all the same, whether you're sighted or visionally impaired. And right. It's, it's probably a good experience. Like I'm thinking I've never played a sport blindfolded. You know, it's kind of like it might give me a better idea. I know it's not going to be exactly the same as, as if I was blind, obviously. Sure. But it, it would give no, me but it's, an indication, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's a it's a trip. Like a lot of people, goalball is such a neat thing. And I hope that your your listeners will take a moment to go check it out. Do a, a YouTube video on goalball, USA goalball. You'll you'll see me on there for the most part. Um, and uh, you know, just find out what the sport is because I have never introduced anybody to the sport, whether they were watching it or playing it or, or refereeing or line judging or whatever, helping out volunteering that didn't absolutely just fall in love with the sport. It's so much fun. And, um, you know, I used to bring buddies from my high school, from my college out to practices, fully sighted athletes and just say, yeah, here's what we're doing. Throw a blindfold on, let's play some ball. And they loved it. You know, it's, it's so much fun. You cut out an entire sense and you have to rely on your hearing and your your communication with your team. And there's a few other additional aspects. Um, there's some lines that are taped onto the floor, so you kind of you can orientate through um, through those lines, and you know use the net for orientation and things like that. But it's uh, it's a trippy experience, and uh, we'd love to have sighted athletes come out and give it a give it a try, right? Because it's just, it, we're so passionate about it. And we, we like to refer to it as the greatest sport you've never heard of right? <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, most like people it. haven't, but as soon as we show it, I'm like, man, this is so cool. How did I not know about this? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of for a specialized population. You're not going to see it a lot on ESPN, but, um, but most people really dig it when they get into it. Um, and yeah, so if you're, if you're listening to this and like, man, I'd love to try that out. I'd encourage you to go check it out. Um, you, you may be able to really help somebody who's blind, who doesn't have the opportunity to play. You may be able to help them get something started. And, uh, it's, it's a big deal when you can step into this world and help somebody who's, uh, blind, you know, kind of self-actualize and realize that they can do this kind of stuff through sport. Well, you've motivated me to check it out. I, I, um, when I found out about you are you know, your bio is obviously Paralympic athlete. I didn't initially look into the sport. And it's kind of the the stereotype over here in Australia, you know, is, is swimming because swimming's huge over here, you know. Oh, so sure. It's like you know, a lot of lot of um, swimmers that are that are Paralympic athletes, especially vision ones as well, because it's kind of like it's it's a, I guess it's it's, it's a relatively straightforward pathway here in Australia because we've got such a big swimming kind of um, community, you know. And I was mm-hmm. like, goalball, never heard of this. Let me check it out. 
And then I looked into it and I was like, man, I, I've literally never heard about this sport, but it looks cool. It is. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm not surprised you hadn't, hadn't heard of it, but it uh, makes it no less fun and no less exciting. And uh, something that I'm, I'm obviously super passionate about I've been doing it for uh, 20 plus years. So I, I guess I have to be a little bit biased, but um, it's definitely a blast. And uh, anytime you get a chance to play it, I'm sure you won't regret. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thanks for your time. Super inspirational. I'm going to go and check out if I can get into to goalball. And then if I ever make it to the US or you ever make it over here, you can we can have a game and you can kick my ass at it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a blast. I, I look forward to it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.